Hey, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Before we hop into the main content, I wanted to let you know that we have something really, really incredible going on. I have kind of a special announcement, and you're going to hear that in the middle of the podcast. And you're like, why not tell me right now? Uh, We're going to do something special, and the reason I'm not telling you about it right now is I want you to listen to um, a, a bulk of today's episode because you need to hear some context before I tell you this special announcement. So this is a really great episode. I'm really excited for you to hear, and we're going to hop into the main content. I'm asking that you, uh, I know you listen to the whole thing every single time. I know you do that. Uh, But especially this episode, listen all the way through, because we've got something really, really special that I'm excited to tell you about. And uh, without further ado, let's hop into today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to This Ability Podcast, where we are on a mission to shift perspective, encourage others, and create community. Well, I am so excited to be joined by someone on the other side of the planet today. She is the only official para-swimmer in the country of Uganda, in the continent of Africa, if you didn't know that. And I haven't even mentioned yet, she is only 14 years old, and she will be in Tokyo in just a few short weeks. Welcome to the podcast, Husna Kukundakwe. Thank you. Um, I'm really happy to be here and share my story and inspire a lot of people. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that we were able to get connected and meet. And it is a beautiful thing. We are seven hours apart. It's a little over, a uh, little after 7 a.m. here. I know it's in two o'clock uh, ish in the afternoon where you are. Um, but I think yeah. this is so beautiful, Husna, because your story uh, is going to be a global story and, and you're inspiring and awesome. And, and uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to, to speak to you. Now, uh, just a quick question here in the beginning. If I understand correctly, you're a Harry Potter fan. So let's say you show yeah. up at Hogwarts, they put the sorting hat on you. Uh, which, which house do you think you're ending up, ending up in? Um, a lot of people would say I'm a Hufflepuff, but I really think I'm more of a Gryffindor. Okay, 100%. Uh, so I, I think I I'm, would, yeah. <laughs> I would really love to be in Slytherin. That's <laughs> so funny. Yes. Okay. So I, I'm sure I'm a Hufflepuff guy. You know, I think everyone, we want to be in Gryffindor. I would definitely peg you um, as Gryffindor, but I was singing this morning. And I was like, I could see Slytherin just because you're very smart and you want to advance and you want to grow and you're very motivated to achieve and you want to succeed. So I was like, there could be some Slytherin in there. So I'm with you. Well, that's awesome. I, I think I, so too. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. Well, I love Harry Potter. So I'm glad, I'm glad uh, we can connect on that. My wife isn't the biggest fan, so I don't always have people to talk to Harry Potter to. Uh, so I'm, I'm thankful. I, uh, we got to start my morning off with start, uh, talking about Harry Potter. All right. So Husna, you, uh, I, I want to just give context, uh, you know, uh, on your story. I don't, we don't always focus on you know, uh, the disabilities that we have on this podcast, I kind of want to, it adds context, right? It explains kind of what's going on. And then I want to focus on the abilities that you do have. So just talk to us a little bit. You, you were born without your, your right hand, your lower right arm. And I actually spoke to, um, 
Casey Acre, uh, a, a, a couple episodes ago on my podcast, he, similar condition. He was also born without his lower right arm. And uh, he's into CrossFit and lifting weights and he does all sorts of things and he's just adapted and made it his own. And it's such an incredible thing. So just tell us about growing up with the disability that you have. And, uh, you know, then I'm going to kind of go into swimming and some things later. But what was it like growing up, uh, you know, as a kid being born without a, a right arm? Um, growing up was really the same as just any other child because my parents chose to see me just like any other child. They would make me do chores. I would go to school, but at school, I would be treated differently. The teachers would try to, they would, how could I say, they would always want to keep an eye on me. And it was really hard to make friends until a couple months passed by and they realized that I was just like them so I just it became a normal thing and I got older I joined a swim club because my previous swim my first the first swim club I ever joined was with a coach who kind of I would say he's done who introduced me to power swimming he took me for my first classification and in that first swim club I was accepted I was treated and coached like any other child and then when I joined my second swim club, and this swim club was more challenging because most of the kids there were teenagers and they were, how it was the most, it was the best swim club. No, it is still the best swim club. Dolphin Swim Club Kampala, it's still the best swim club in, in Uganda. And I was really nervous to be there, huge swim club, so... Of course, the kids didn't accept me right away, and they just, I think they just followed through and saw me as a normal child, and started inviting me to parties, and we hung out every now and then, I think, and it got normal, and growing up with a disability is kind of challenging, but since I was born with it, it wasn't as challenging because I already had a way of maneuvering through things since I was young, since I was born. But then it becomes challenging for someone when they have been born normally and then out of the blue, they get into an accident and maybe they lose their arm. Mm -hmm. So I think I have it, I feel like I have it better than anyone who may have been amputated. And I really want to inspire those people who may have been amputated or who are born like that and don't see themselves as normal people. I want them to think and believe in themselves, think of what they want to do, what they dream of, and just go for it. Mm, I love that. And I've heard you speak very highly of your parents. So I can imagine, um, you know, so, so for my disability, there are, you know, when I was 16, 17 in high school, there were some gym classes that I kind of had to sit out in if we were playing baseball or something like that. Uh, I wasn't, I, I did not participate, but I, I didn't really have a vision issue. Like I have, it's a, I've heard it said that that's an invisible disability. Yours is very visible. Um, in, in, in how, how did your parents like them, them allowing you to grow up and be normal and not just, I know there were moments, you know, there were moments you you've spoken in other podcasts where when you were younger, it was a bit more sensitive and, and maybe there's a little bit more covering up of your arm or something like that. But it sounds like your parents 
because of how, how they raised you and didn't really allow you to have excuses or didn't treat you differently, did that allow you to be amongst your peers and just instead of, instead of being ashamed or instead of feeling like an outcast, was it your parents teaching you and allowing you to be normal that allowed you to just kind of just be another kid in those rooms? I would say they contributed a lot to that aspect. And if it wasn't for them, I'd probably be still wearing a sweater by now because when I was around 10, I was still wearing a sweater. And one day my sweater just got lost or I just think I forgot it at school. And when I went back, I couldn't find it. And my mom insisted on not buying me another school sweater. And I can't go to school and spend the whole day in just a casual sweater. I need a school sweater. So my mom didn't buy me another school sweater and I had to learn to be without a sweater. I would just put on my short sleeve shirts and walk around the school. And sometimes I'll try to cover up my hand with my left hand, maybe walk with my hands behind my back so people don't see. Mm. And after, after a while, I learned to just stop hiding and, just feel free with I am. I think when I joined sports, swimming is the kind of sport where you're naked. You don't have, you're only wearing a swimsuit. Nothing's covering your hands or your legs or fingers or any other thing you may want to try to hide. So being in that condition, feeling vulnerable and letting a lot of people see me. And yeah, maybe in the water, I could try to hide my hand. But I felt it being unnecessary because people who are outside have already seen me. And I got used to that kind of feeling of people seeing me for the way I am. And people, at some point at school, people stopped looking at me as the disabled girl and started look at, looking at me like any other student in the classroom or any other pupil. And even some students started to look up to me when I like when I came back from the championships in London. Even people who I have never seen before in lower classes, they would just come, just shout, "Hi, Husna! Hi, Husna!" And I'll, I'll just look back and say, "Hi." I'm like, I would even ask my friends who are close to me, "Do you know who that is?" Maybe I don't know them, mm-hmm. and they say they also don't know them. So I think. Yeah, so I kind of became a celebrity at school, and that was really cool. Mm, I love that. That's amazing. And you said something so incredible that I want to repeat here in another podcast. You said you were speaking about parents, and you said parents with a a child that might deal with a disability or some sort of disadvantage or something, you said you need to believe in them so that eventually they can believe in themselves. And I was just so appreciative of that comment. And I just wanted to repeat it here. So you have said also that, you know, you started swimming, you were very young, you were joining swim teams, things like that. And it gave you confidence. What was it about swimming or sport in general that lent to the confidence that you have today? I think I've always had a competitive mindset, especially with my siblings. So I've always loved to compete. I tried team sports, but that didn't go too well for me because like you know everyone is getting the the spotlight and things like that and but I what I really love about individual sports like swimming is that 
you are acknowledged for what you have done. You work so hard so that you yourself accomplish something. And the thing of believing in yourself, believing, a parent believing in their child so that the child can believe in themselves comes in when, for example, I lose motivation during training and I'm like, maybe I don't make the time. And I'm like, you know what, I've just stopped. I can't make the time. I can't do this anymore. And then I stop believing in myself. If my mom continues to believe me and support me, she can motivate me back to, to go back and try again until I make that time. And that really works because parents have this responsibility to their children to support them in whatever they want to do. And I think my mom has really done that for me. Mm. And to do with sport, increasing my confidence. Uh, I talked about how I used to try to hide my hand all the time. And when I would just come out wearing a swimsuit, nothing to hide, I got used to that feeling. I wanted to carry it on to other aspects of my life, like school or just hanging, hanging around with friends, maybe going out to parties every once in a while, just being free with myself. Mm-hmm. Wow. Your, your mom sounds like such a hero. I, I just love that. I think it's beautiful the way you speak about her and just acknowledging the impact that she's made in your life. It's just, it's so special. I'm a parent myself. I have two daughters. Um, and I, I just look at things like that. The eye disease I have is genetic, uh, but the genes we we've done some gene testing and my, my children won't be affected by that. And I'm thankful, but there's things that I've learned as someone who deals with a disability that I always want to make sure um, I can help them and impact them. And, and, you know, I'm just excited. They're a little bit young. My oldest is three who's now, so she, she won't understand the podcast yet, but when she grows up, I'm so excited for her to listen to this episode or figure out who Husna is because it's, it's such, such an amazing story. And I'm so thankful. And I, I want to segue here, listening to, again, a, a, another thing you were on, I understand that sport is looked at kind of differently in Uganda. It's not, something that's put on a pedestal, maybe like here in the United States. And I'd love you to love for you to speak to that. And then also, if I understand this, there's really not a lot of indoor swimming pools, indoor, you know, at least, you know, competition length or things with a diving board. So you're often swimming outdoors and it it can Mm -hmm. rain or the pools can be dirty. I just, it's something, you know, I, I understand where I live here in the United States that's a privilege that I, I think we might not even think about that there's swimming pools in this area that I live in, or there's indoor facilities that people could practice at or swim clubs. And it, it just adds to your incredible story, Husna, of perseverance and pushing, even though swimming and para swimming at that isn't something that's really on everyone's radar there. So speak to that a little bit about the pools and just the culture of sport. Um, in Uganda, sport is, is mostly done by the able-bodied people. Very few people are who are disabled want to come to sports because they feel ashamed of the way they look. And I really want to encourage them to come out of the shadows. And the facilities here aren't the best because I feel like in Uganda, the only sport that's favored a lot is athletics. There are very many athletic facilities and 
I think there's also even an indoor athletic facility in Uganda, but in the swimming sector, well, there are very few pools with diving boards and even the ones that are with diving boards are very expensive to acquire. And we have only one 50 meter pool and it's really, really expensive to go to, which is really sad because I really needed that feel of a 50 meter pool before I go for the Paralympic Games. And the pool I'm training at at the moment is a 25 meter pool, which is also really rare to find in Uganda. We usually have yard pools. And this 25 meter pool doesn't have diving boards and it's very, very outdoor. So when it rains, we have to get out or when it rains, I have to skip that training or maybe if I'm left with one more set, I have to skip it. And that won't be, re- and that isn't really good especially since you have to keep consistent. And that I find that a really huge challenge because maybe maybe even the pool attendant wasn't there and the pool is too, too dirty to swim in or the pumps are dead and you can't swim in the pool, which is very difficult to walk through. But anytime I get the chance to train, I make the best of it. All right, special announcement time. I don't know about you, but I... I'm already extremely inspired uh, by this episode um, and by Husna's story. I just find her so incredible. And the fact that she's 14 years old kind of boggles my mind. But I want to reiterate something that has been said here. So in Uganda, where Husna is located, she's practicing at pools that aren't nearly the sizes they need to be. They are mostly outdoors and they're often filthy and the pumps don't work and when it rains she has to stop practicing I mean she is persevering really against all odds it's really just remarkable what she's been able to do so after the podcast I emailed Hashima Hashima is Husna's mom Uh, she is the person who helped me get this thing scheduled and everything she's been she's just so sweet I, I love working closely with Hashima. She's awesome. So I emailed her just because I I have such a burden for really people in general. um, But I've, I've just had this thought in my mind of helping people, you know, with disabilities when it comes to sports. I've always thought that there's some kid out there that would love to play wheelchair basketball, but can't afford a wheelchair. And it's like, man, how can we find that kid? And how can we make that dream come true? But for Husna specifically, I sent Hashima an email and I just said, hey, you know, what What does the cost look like to take Husna to that facility, which is, I believe it's a private hotel for her to swim at? Like, what does it cost to get her there? And then just in general, is there anything that Husna or you, you all need before heading to Tokyo? And Hashima got back to me and she explained a little bit about uh, the ins and outs of getting Husna to that facility for swimming, and there, there is a cost involved, and you have to co- you have to pay just to enter the hotel. Um, you know, there's fuel costs to get there, and all sorts of things. But she also mentioned that one issue that she's running into is that she is having trouble getting swim caps, custom swim caps, made for Husna. And a swim cap is, you know, you've, you've seen Michael Phelps, I'm sure, or other swimmers, they have the cap that they wear before diving into the water, right? It has the Olympic symbol, it has their name, the American flag, 
and Hashima is struggling to make that happen. The government has not been much help, and that's really not necessarily a, a knock on the, the, the government by any means, but, um, you know, she's one Paralympic swimmer, and it's she's probably not on too many radars, and uh, I that's a shame. And uh, But long anyway, here's the special announcement. I don't know anything about swim caps, <laughs> but I Googled it. And I, I told Hashima, let me let me see what I can do. So I Googled custom Olympic swim caps. And I found a company in Wisconsin that, that does this. Uh, so I gave them a call. And I said, hey, this is kind of crazy, but let me let me tell you a quick story. And I told them about the podcast. I told them about Husna. And they're, they're a v- very legitimate company. They have thousands and thousands of followers on Instagram, and they, they do custom swimwear and, and, and swim caps and all, all sorts of things like that. And they actually have multiple athletes that are going to be at the Olympics. So they know all the details. And I said, look, I don't know anything about swim caps. I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to help my friend Husna because she's amazing, and I just want to be able to do something for her. So we're going to make this thing happen. This company is going to, to work with us. Hashima gave me some details and specifics about the caps. And there is a cost involved. Honestly, they're not crazy expensive. This is not going to be thousands and thousands of dollars. But I wanted to give an opportunity for you to join in and support this cause. If you want to donate any money at all to this, I would greatly appreciate it. We're going to make it happen regardless. But I was like, man, so many people are looking for opportunities to give and looking for opportunities and, and, and visions to support. So I want to make these uh, these custom swim caps for Husna. And this company is going to help us make it happen. We're going to get it printed with the Ugandan flag and Husna's name, and we're going to ship them directly to Husna in Uganda so she can have them before she heads to Tokyo. And any funds that come in that potentially be extra, I don't know, I don't know what to expect. You know, I'm just kind of casting a wide net here. And if you want to donate at all, anything that is received over the amount that is going to take care of the swim caps, we are going to help Husna be able to go to that private hotel for uh, some practices at a legitimate uh, Olympic pool with a diving board. So I would love for you to hop in with me on this mission. I just have such a vision really for Husna, but I don't know where this thing could go, because Husna uh, is not the only one. Hashima is not the only mother that is desperate to help her child participate in sports or uh, head to the Paralympics, and they just don't know where or they might not have the funding to make this thing happen. So if you're interested in donating, there is a link in my Instagram bio. Uh, There is a link in the show notes of this podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you'll hit details, and then you're going to see episode notes, and there's going to be a link that you can click on. When you click that link, the first option will say donate. And when you click donate, it's a very, very seamless and secure process, and you're going to give right on your phone whatever amount you can give. But I am extremely excited for the prospect of this. Just the idea of being able to, someone who's on the other side of the planet, so she can be comfortable, and she can put on uh, that cap that's going to have her name and the Ugandan flag, and she can inspire her country. She can inspire other kids in her country that are dealing with different disabilities or disadvantages, and they look at Husna, and they're inspired by her story. So I just wanted to be one small part of that, and I want to invite you to join me on this journey. So again, 
If you'd like to donate anything at all towards this great mission, you can go to the link in my Instagram bio. You can go to the link on Facebook that will be posted along with this episode. And then you can also check out the show notes of this podcast and you can donate that way. I would be honored if you would share this podcast, share this story. I plan on putting some things out on social media. Hit share uh, because I'd love for some traction to uh, be behind this thing and uh, just see what could happen. Thank you so much. There's a few more minutes left in this episode. There's some really good stuff here at the end. So continue listening and check out the links that I've told you about here just a moment ago. Wow. I mean, that's just so incredible. Honestly, like I'm, I'm, I'm just taken aback by that because I, you already have a challenge in your arm, but then the challenge of, man, I, I want to practice because I want to achieve something and, and I want people to see me, but you don't even necessarily have all the tools available to you. Uh, and, and I just, I yeah. love your motivation and it's, it's honestly, I, I've said this word a couple of times, but it's beautiful. It's, it's so encouraging. Talk, talk to me about motivation. Cause like, obviously you're 14 who's and I want to remind everyone listening, uh, who said it's very easy to listen to you and think you're, uh, older and much more mature, much more, uh, life experience. <laughs> and it's just shocking to, to, re- to remember, uh, you're 14 and that's a compliment and that's amazing, but speak to the motivation. (laughs) Well, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot on your shoulders, you know, and, and, um, you have a burden to help people. And it's because of that burden that I think really propels you to, to what you want to accomplish, but speak to the motivation. Cause you, you're in school still <laughs> you're in school and, and then you're also training for, yeah. for the uh, parallel. I'm only a, a freshman in high school. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Come on. I mean, that, that's why I was so excited to speak to you Husna, because um, you have done something uh, that a lot of people feel like they cannot do. You have overcome so many obstacles already and I'm just excited for you as you continue to, to as your platform, as people hear your name, you're just going to make such an impact, but you're still in school and you're, you're practicing all the time. You're getting prepared for the Paralympics. What motivates you? You know, you spoke to, if you didn't hit the right time, your, your incredible mom might, uh, you know, help you and, 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 and motivate you and tell you something, but what is it a inside you that keeps you going that, okay, I need to go to practice today, even though I already did school or uh, man, I, I don't want to go back to the school, uh, the pool because it was filthy last time. I can't even practice. Well, how do you stay motivated? I think I stay motivated because no, I think, it, I think it's because I love what I do. I love school sometimes and I love swimming sometimes like when the training isn't hard and things like that. But <laughs> what keeps me moving is <laughs> what keeps me moving is that I really want to see how far I can take this. I've begun this and I want it to end well. I don't want to leave it unfinished. And when I first got classified, that was when I first the fact that when I go classify is that when is when I've only first ever learned of para swimming, and that after that my classification I went home and Google all like all the para swimming dresses, and they motivated me to start like the the kind of tough training that I'm doing right now, joining a new swim club, getting a better coach who will 
put me to that standard. I get to swim sometimes twice a day. And then I was introduced to the gym for the first time, which is, well, it's difficult. I won't, I won't say training is easy because if my coach listens to this, he'll give me harder things. <laughs> and if I, if I, and with the concept of motivation, my parents have a huge, how can I say, they play a huge part in that sector. Sometimes my dad will show me videos or he'll, we'll watch a uh, motivational speaker talk together. We'll watch videos like that. And yeah. we both, we discuss what we have learned from that person. And we get ideas from each other. And he also keeps me motivated. My mom comes to training with me, be my cheerleader. And I feel they really have played a huge part in my motivation. I also have brothers, um, uh, two younger brothers and one older brother. My older brother used to, He's a swimmer, he's in university, but he doesn't do like international stuff. He does university games. And my younger brothers also are a motivation. They are because I see them and I also want to do my best. I want to be the best that I can be, show them a good example of what they could be when they grow up, of maybe what they would to and an example to show them that they can follow their dreams. Seeing how my older brother is balancing both school, university, which is really tough, and swimming, kind of also encourages me to work on both equally. I want to give us equal concentration in swimming as a give at school, because maybe one day I'll retire from swimming, uh, very many years from now and when I retire from swimming I want to accomplish another dream that I've always had when I was a child and that's become a doctor I'm not sure which kind but mostly a pediatrician maybe I'll try surgery and things like that but I want to accomplish that other dream and yeah wow motivation is yeah, I mean, I, I, we're not on video today, but I'm smiling ear to ear because, I, again, I just love the way you speak about your parents and they just sound like such heroes uh, and your siblings. I think that's so sweet. And it's it's interesting that you're you're talking about dreams because I, I wanted to ask you because, you know, you, you, you said I want to you know help my younger brothers reach their goals and their dreams. So what's your dream? You know, I, I think it's bigger than. Bigger than, you know, becoming a doctor, I, I had no idea. I, I thought it, would, it might be something different. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, you're going to be performing in Tokyo soon. And, and there's going to be people that find you and uh, you're going to have a platform. And I know you have such a burden for your country. Uh, I know you have a burden for the continent of Africa and, and people with disabilities specifically. So who's not, this is a, this is a very big question. It's just a few short words. And there's a lot of there's a lot of angles to it, but what, what really is your dream? Well, currently at my first Paralympic Games, my dream is to hopefully reach the finals. And if I get to the finals, then that's a dream accomplished. But my long-term dream in swimming is to maybe get a gold medal at the Paralympic Games, but also 
using that medal as a way to motivate other parents, other people with disabilities in Uganda to follow their dreams. And, you know, since most, I would say most Ugandan swimmers, disabled or not disabled, they usually end in the preliminaries, which is, and they don't usually come back, which is really sad. And mm. I want to show also other, also people, swimmers or any other people who want to join sports who are not disabled. I want to show them that you just have to follow your dreams, be patient and just strive, push for what you want. Don't just like sit back and wait for it to come. You have to be patient, but push for what you want. Work hard and maybe one day you'll achieve it. Mm. And for school, being a doctor is being a doctor is kind of I think it's every child's dream. I mm-hmm. feel like if I went to any school right now, 50% of the class would say they want to be a doctor, an engineer, or a surgeon or things like that but I feel like it has always been my dream because seeing the way that I was born and I want to research more about it see what causes it what could uh, prevent it what could what can I do to help parents or children who are in such conditions and yeah, that's mostly why I wanted always to become a doctor. Mm, I love that. Husna, if there was a, let's just say there was a, a 12-year-old girl and you know, may, maybe she's not, not in Uganda. I just want to kind of paint a picture. But if there's a 12-year-old girl in Canada you know, and they're dealing with a disability, maybe they were born without an arm or maybe they're blind, maybe they're in a wheelchair, whatever it might be, or, or maybe they're just, they're struggling with life. Maybe they're just in a tough spot. What would you say to another, to a, you know, a 12 year old girl that's facing similar challenges to you? How would you motivate them? What, what are some words that you would share with someone in a situation like that? I would tell him or her to stop looking at themselves differently because it's not going to help in any way. And it's only going to make you feel depressed. All you can do is you can believe in yourself, think of something you've always wanted to do and just tell somebody or your parents about it and hopefully they'll support you and you just follow your dreams and passions and don't care about what society thinks of you or don't put yourself down because you think you look different. Yeah, you may look different, but looking different is not the point. It's how you are on the inside. Mm. It's it's what your personality is or what you have always wanted to do. And you know when people always say look at personality first before looks, like don't look up, don't judge a book by its cover, mm. right? You first look at the inside of the book before you judge it before you decide who I am first get to know me as a person and then you decide. Wow. So Husna, you're, you're heading to Tokyo. Uh, it, it's mid middle of August, I believe. Uh, wh- how are you feeling about it? I'm very nervous, but I feel like I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I feel like I could, I could go there and accomplish my dream of reaching the finals. 
and I can't wait in general to meet other athletes in the in the camp, to meet the other athletes from other sports, get to see cool facilities, yeah. see Japan as well. It yeah. sounds like a tech, a tech developed country. Yeah, and I can't I just I can't wait in general to be there. Yeah. But well, I feel like it's going to be it's going to be very very different because of COVID nineteen. The whole COVID nineteen thing kind of ruined a lot of things. Yeah, and it's not going to be as fun as it should be, where we get to hug people or handshakes. That I don't think that kind of association will be allowed. But I guess meeting them is just as cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be amazing for you. I'm I'm so excited uh, for that to happen. And and this is crazy. I didn't really think about this. Um, I mean, you really don't have a a quote unquote team. You you don't have you know we think of the 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 women's Paralympic team or whatever. There's multiple people on that team. They're practicing together. They're in community together. They're uh, learning from each other. Husnets, it's, it's really you, your mom, and your coach, right? That's that's gonna be heading to Tokyo. Yeah, and maybe a few other para athletics and maybe other sports. But in the swimming department, it's only me, my mom, and my coach. Wow. I mean, again, uh, that's just another – I feel like that's another obstacle. If you're you're on your own, you just have so many things stacked against you, Husna, and I, I'm just uh, – I'm so proud of you, uh, and, and we're rooting for you. I'm so excited I, for you to be there. Um, I yeah. I really try to make the best of it since I'm the only active parasimmer. Yeah, there are other swimmers, other parasimmers in Uganda. I've seen a few, but they're really young. And I was also really happy to see them, see how far they are going. I don't train with them. They have a different coach. They train with my first coach. And I would like to see them progress. And maybe soon in the future, they'll get their classification and then maybe we could go as a team. And uh, being there, see, this advantage, there's a disadvantage and an advantage of training with able-bodied swimmers. The disadvantage is I don't get a chance to train people who are like me. Some things are hard for me to do. Some certain drills are not really easy for me to do. And then when it comes to um, the advantages, they give me a stronger pace, so that when I'm when I'm competing with everybody swimmers, I'm giving it my all. I'm doing everything I can to swim at their pace, train at their pace. And then when it comes to swimming with other disabled swimmers, I feel like a load is slightly, slightly, like really, really very slightly reduced since I'm swimming with people who are like me that I have a really, a really fast pace just swimming with able-bodied swimmers and that kind of gives me an advantage and I'm thankful for that. Wow. Well, we're so excited for you. Houston, if I could just say um, thank you for joining me today on this podcast, but also thank you just for being an inspiration. Um, I, I think there are going to be, there are going no, to thank be- you. Yeah. Giving me this opportunity oh, to share my story. My absolute pleasure. I, I just, there are going to be people that hear this uh, in the States, you know, but I, I think you're going to impact, I, I hope, my hope and my dream for you uh, 
is that one day you do uh, who know if it's Tokyo or whenever it is. And it, I want you to wear a gold medal one day. I want that so bad for you. But I think one of the greatest things that you're going to be able to do Thank for you. people is inspire them with your story that you continue to work, uh, that you continue to strive against all odds, really against uh, incredible uh, things that are in front of you. And I think there's going to be children in Uganda and in Africa that see you and they see someone similar to themselves that have a disability and they're going to be inspired and they want to strive and they're, they're going to want to do something amazing because of your story. So I just want to, I know you're, you're 14 and that's a, that's a big burden, but you Thank can you. do this. You can absolutely do this. So best of luck to you in Tokyo. Uh, we're, we're so excited. I will be rooting for you and following your story. And, uh, you know, after this all happens, we'll have to have you back on and, and, and chat about the whole experience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Ability Podcast. I hope you are coming away from what you heard today, feeling both challenged and encouraged. I hope you start to look at some of the disabilities or disadvantages in your life just a little bit differently and begin to leverage the abilities that you do have to become the best version of yourself. I would be honored if you would take a moment and hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on and share this with your friends and family. I'm so grateful that you decided to join me today and I will see you again real soon.